that bus. Hit that button and move that bus. And that's your intro music for episode 99. What Off if we... Crossbar. Record speed for getting the intro out. That was really fast. What if we don't do the jazz music this time and it's just that? <laughs> just move that bus? By the I'd time actually, we're yeah. done in 13 hours, I'm going to forget. <laughs> Have you guys seen that that meme of like... It's like an edited video someone made of like, you know, the move that bus portion of the... What, what show was that? I don't know. Oh, Extreme Makeover Home Extreme Edition. Home Makeover, yeah. So they essentially just took the move that bus part and like everyone like getting ready before they anticipate the bus moving. And right as the and then the bus moves and it's just footage of like a house on fire. <laughs> and then everyone's like everyone's like crying and like, you know, being Losing very expressive. And they're like, oh, my gosh, like this is incredible. And then it keeps cutting back to the house just up in flames. It's so funny. Yeah. That's a great metaphor this episode. It does feel like it. <laughs> I've seen a couple different versions of that meme, and they're all very good. It's so awesome. I love the I love the move that bus meme. Anywho, what's going on? What's going on? Is, is it this is a Real Salt Lake podcast? Yeah. Isn't um, it? Yeah, I'm currently in a land that forsakes uh daylight savings time. So I am Oh, so it's like the, your bedtime. I'm in no, the you, past. No. I'm oh. before you. So okay, I can never remember. So you're still at work. Forty-two right now. You're on Pacific time right now, and yeah. then other times you're on Mountain time. Well, yeah. not you, but the state of the state I'm of Arizona. Not, I'm not gonna say what state you're in, but thank you for doing it yourself. Well, I mean, there's only one state that forgoes it like this. So, you know, process of elimination. There's a couple states that do really stupid things with daylight savings time. Arizona is probably the dumbest, but yeah, we should just make it permanent. There's a county in Indiana um, where like half the county is observes daylight savings and the other half doesn't, or maybe it's like two different counties or something like that. There's something huh. really dumb in Indiana. And I think like half of Montana is Pacific time or central and the other half is mountain or something like Montana's that. Montana? Is it Montana? North? It's somewhere. There's a, a state. That splits the central and, and mountain time, and like one part of the state is something. I, All right, I think here it's we Montana. Go. Could be wrong. Five five states split by mountain and central time. Oh, this is an interesting article. So it's which states are split into two time zones. This is on thoughtco.com by Matt Rosenberg. Thanks, Matt. Uh, boy. Okay, two state two states. You you are you are right, Trevor. Two states split by Pacific and mountain time. This is one I always forget. Uh, majority of Western states are in Pacific time zone. Idaho and Oregon are the two states with small portions following mountain time. Idaho, the entire lower half of Idaho is in the mountain time zone. And only the northern tip of the state uses Pacific time, which is a weird one. Almost all of Oregon is on Pacific time and only a small area of the east central border of the state observes mountain time. But there are five states split by mountain in central time. Um, aside, you know, uh, let's see. Okay, we got Kansas. A small chunk of the far western border of Kansas uses mountain time. Nebraska, the western portion of Nebraska is on mountain time, but most of the state's population uses central time. North Dakota, South Dakota, and Texas. So that's interesting. And then there are five splits, states split by eastern and central time, Florida, Indiana, Kentucky, Michigan, and Tennessee. Hmm. So Alaska, weirdly, has... Uh, a time zone all on its own. It's called the Alaska time zone. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's so far west, right? 
Well, you know what's but crazy? also like it splits so many like what would be time zones because they usually follow like parallels, right? Yeah, not like exactly, but it's like every yeah, so many parallels is about where the line is, and it should cross like two or three of those, and it doesn't. I, this keeps coming like, up. They were just I like, think... we're just going to do this. So it, it China is also all, also in all in the same time zone, which is kind of a fun fact. Yeah, um, that is a fun fact. But I will say. So if somebody were to ask you, you all, did we, I don't know if we've talked about this. What's the easternmost state? Do you know the answer to this question? Oh, um, we've done this. Did we talk about this? We've done this, but this has been done. It's a surprise. It's not Maine, which is is what you're right. You're right. It's not Maine. I think it's Florida, isn't it? No. Or no, 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 no. It's, it is Alaska. It is Alaska. It's the thing. Because there's Alaskan, there is part of Alaska that's at, uh, that is right before that is on the other side of the international dateline. If you go West. Yeah. Okay. So technically the end of the West going West is the international dateline. And there's something there. They're part of those islands, but there's yeah. something out there. So there are some people, there's some part of Alaska, part of the, I think it's the Andrianov islands or it's part of the Aleutian islands. I can't, I can't remember which one, but I Just feel like we've talked about this it. because I feel like we mentioned the Diomede Islands before that also split the dateline. Yeah. And one of them is American and the other is Russian and they're like or, a mile apart. Maybe it's St. Lawrence it Island. You can just walk over. It might be St. Lawrence Island. There's some little tiny part of Alaska that, um, I don't know. Or maybe it's, there's just all those weird, Pacific is so big. You guys ever just like look at <laughs> <laughs> looked at the pacific ocean it's so big the thing is crazy i think we should pave it we should and we should be paving it. underneath you know listen man we just gotta be that that honestly is a great idea I, I, i'm tired yeah. of seeing how much blue is on the globe. somewhere yeah might as well put them on top of the ocean what's the worst that'll happen yeah pave paradise put and up a parking lot pave pacific pave pacific paradise and yeah Pave the Pacific sounds like a band name. We should start or a like movement, a good, like an album. We should a birds band. aren't real, and it's oh, <laughs> it's Pave trying to Pacific. it's trying to get just concrete. Concrete. What if we started like a shoegaze ska band? Well, pays Could the Pacific, we please pave the Pacific? I mean, like I'm just trying to think. What's, like, what does what a shoegaze ska band sound like? Listen, I don't, I don't know. know. I've I've known that the word shoegaze has existed for like 15 years. I have yeah. no idea what it means. Trevor. But I feel like it would probably mix with ska really well. I don't, I don't know that it would, but I want to find out. Have you ever heard of Slow Dive, Trevor? Is this a band? Is this a yeah? You ever heard of My Bloody Valentine, Trevor? So we've had this conversation before. I I feel like I mean we've only done episodes. No, just specifically about My Bloody Valentine. I don't really listen to My Bloody Valentine, but every time somebody mentions My Bloody Valentine, in my head, I think Bullet for My Valentine. Yeah, um, no, I get so that. So I'm like, oh, My Bloody Valentine. Yes, I'm very familiar with them, and I know most of their stuff. And then I realize that, no, <laughs> I don't. I'm thinking of the other band. Do you, Matt, do you consider like Dinosaur Jr. a shoegaze band or no? No, probably not. But, you know, they're shoegaze That's adjacent. Fair. Yeah, I, I mean, feel they, like they, they predated a little bit, right? They definitely they did. paralleled it. Um, they've got you know that that i mean they're a little dream poppy right yeah yeah anyway i just googled bands that are shoegaze or shoegaze bands and google's giving me a list of bands all right let's try to guess them we've got my bloody valentine do we have lush on there lush has to be on there Uh, yeah slow slow dives on there uh yep 
Is Cocktail uh, Twins on there? What? Cocktail yes. Twins? Yes. Nice. Uh, who else do you have? Uh, Swerve Driver? Uh, yes. Uh, ride? Ride. Can? I don't, I don't see them. Can? Uh, yeah. No. The only band oh. on here that I like for sure recognize the name of uh, before looking this up or talking about it is Deftones, Smashing Pumpkins. No. Uh, Death Heaven, which I have listened to, and I'm yeah, I'm in like black metal shoegaze. It's fun. Um, my bloody Valentine. I have heard of my bloody Valentine, but there's there's 50 bands on this list, and I don't know any of them. Well, Deftones are not shoegaze, so do you like the band uh, Nothing, Matt? I don't know if I've listened to them. No, they're good. So I'll have to I'll check them out. Maybe I should give some of these a spin. You should listen yeah. to my bloody Valentine slow dive. If nothing else, Suvlaki is like one of my favorite albums so of ever of all time. Oh, the, That's Verve. A- the Verve is on here. I've heard of them. Huh? That also seems inaccurate. Ooh, Slint <laughs> Spiderland. Wait, Great no, album. Verve had a, had an album. Have you kind of the album? Yeah. Um, uh, what's it called? I can picture it. It's like a bluish, bluish album cover. Verve. Uh. Oh boy! Oh, Storm in Heaven. It's the oh, it's their first album. That's a pretty oh. shoegazy album. But anyway, Slow right. Dives my is like my favorite. And Lush is yeah. great. But um, I'm just gonna put together a playlist for you, Trevor. That's a short. Sure. I'll, I'll get approval. We should put that. Yeah. We should. We'll eventually put that on Twitter. <laughs> Good call. I and think I've heard uh, of my vitriol. Me. This is on the list, and I, I, I don't know. think I've heard of these I guys. Like that we've, we've really started out like with an educational type podcast. We learned about time zones, and we learned about shoegaze. Yeah, so let's learn about what each other did this week. That's a I that's guess. a great question, Matt. What, you're so you're in Arizona right now. How are how are what's what's the deal? Why are you in Arizona right now? Yeah, so we went down for uh, one of Jenny's cousins' baby showers. Uh, good time. So in rural you were in Arizona. California. No, I'll be going. No, to you're going to California. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So that so hasn't happened yet. In, uh, so I'm going to change time zones, but the time's not going to change. Which is there we go. Going to throw everything into now we're talking. chaos. Um, yeah, I'm just now we're just hanging out at her, at her mom and stepdad's house and having a good time, making dinner. That's uh, nice. We watched Singing in the Rain last night, which is a great mm. time. Watched on the big screen, so which uh, like Kyle a movie Andrew's theater. Book. Yeah, in a movie theater. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah, it was, you know, we sat in like great recliner seats, paid five bucks a ticket. Just yeah, really okay. Cool. Yeah, I got some. Th- oh, wow. I have. Sorry, I'm just that's reminding me of all the things that I need to talk about. But yeah, so w- when do you go to California? Uh, Friday. And then nice. not long after that, I'll, I'll go eat at that restaurant. Probably Friday night, South actually. Of Nick, South of Nick, South of Nick's. Make a reservation if you can. Okay. I can't remember if we talked about this, but anyway. You did. Um, I'm going to put it in the doc. Even if you don't, you put your name in. You can go <laughs> hang out in San Clemente. We, we've done that before where it's been like, actually, the last time I went, we we I was like, hey, we've got eight. Uh, we were just doing a walk-in. Can we like eight? She's like, oh, okay. Uh, it'll probably be two hours. And I was like, okay. all right. That's right. I'm like, we can, we can go make time of that. Yeah, bring a and snack. Then, and then she was like figuring some stuff out and then, and like you can go down to the beach, it's close enough. There's a trolley that goes through San Clemente. You can just hop on. It takes you oh, down nice. to the pier area. So it's really quick. Um, and the trolley picks up right by the restaurant. So it's, it's all, it's all good. But I was like, okay, two hours. That's, that's cool. And then like another hostess came over and she's like, 
Actually, we can just see you now. <laughs> like, oh, that's okay, that's less than two hours. So yeah, um, that was cool. Anyway, that's cool. I uh, I miss. I'm very envious of your California jaunt because it is hot as Hades here, and I am over it. Yeah, so Surely. I'm in Mesa, and it is it is you know under a hundred degrees. So yeah, it's like the same temperature in, in yeah, Arizona it's right weird. now. Weird. Uh, a little muggy here, which is oh, funny. that's fascinating. Uh, Do you have access to a pool? No, but I don't Dang. swim. Okay, well, even if you don't swim, you can just stand in water at a pool. I mean, but. that's technically true. Yeah. Anyway, that's my social life. It's, I don't have a whole lot because most of it's just hanging out with family. And it uh, is not technically true. You know. Yeah, like it's absolutely true. You're kidding. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Trevor, what's going on with you? Um, to be honest, not a whole lot. Um, Charlie went to, oh crap, I'm going to get this wrong. Somebody's <laughs> place in Idaho. Nice. Kate, uh, my ex-wife, her husband now, their whole family's like from Idaho and I don't remember which part. It's like the Eastern part, like Rexburg, Pocatello, so- somewhere over there. Um, but anyway, I think they went up there. Either way, I didn't have Charlie for the weekend. And I took advantage of it by was night out doing a whole lot of nothing. Um, <laughs> Sick. Yeah, I think Saturday I went to the RSL game. That was oh. a lot of fun. Was it clearly? <laughs> no tacos, <laughs> no win. I mean, no, the taco thing is an issue. I don't know what's going on there, but that's a there's a problem. Yeah, it's a little. Is the man on the spot? Are you going to figure this out? What the taco thing? Yeah, I have sent text messages about the taco thing. As far as anyone's concerned, like that, like uh, RSL side of things, they expected them to be there uh, every yeah, game. Were, the one, so I guess we they, can all friend the lady on on. Uh, I'm friends with her. On, I'm friends with her on Venmo already. I gotta just pay her like a dollar and say, "Hey, are you coming to the game? Please send me fifty cents back if you are, and you can keep the other fifty cents." <laughs> it's a good Early text messages yeah, yeah when they when they booked a taco truck they expected and were told that they were going to be there for every game except for one earlier in the season when there was a wedding that they knew about yeah um and apparently this last weekend they found out like hours before the game that she was not going to be there so it seems like like they didn't get any more details but it seems like it was a last minute something came up something happened uh, but like yeah. i don't i don't know that's speculation yeah. Life happens, and certainly yeah. not, not going to begrudge the lady for that. But but uh, yeah, there, was, there was no tacos. It was very hot. Um, hung out with Andy and Sarah, and they had a fun interaction with the fan. <laughs> it was hilarious. What happened? Like somebody who wanted to talk to them about who they are or whatever? Dude, dude came up and saw Andy and recognized Andy and was like, hey, Andy, how's it going? My name's whatever. And like introduced himself and, ta- and was like, I really like your work and wanted um, like a picture with him. Oh, and, nice. and Sarah's sitting like right next to him, basically. And he was like, <laughs> oh, look, this is this is Sarah Todd. She works at Deseret News. She also covers the jazz. Do you, do you want a picture with her? Do you want her in the picture as well? And the dude was like, no, you're my favorite. I just want a picture with you. <laughs> and Andy Larson stand, as it were. And Andy was like, okay, cool, man. And so they took a picture. And then Sarah was just livid. It's <laughs> <laughs> like 30 minutes. Couldn't I talk mean, about anything else except for how disrespectful. 
that awesome. was and how like wrong that guy was because Sarah's <laughs> obviously the best and Andy's a big loser and all that. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> this was in front of Andy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, this is in front of everybody. This is in the tailgate law, right? Yeah. So I'm on record now as saying Sarah Todd's the best NBA reporter in the nation. Whoa. In the nation? I mean, she has the best David Ochoa opinions, so. It's true. It's really simple there. She's one of the few with David Ochoa opinions. <laughs> and yeah. She might be one of two, I think, that has David Ochoa opinions. <laughs> yeah. That's probably that's, true. We, don't, we haven't yeah. actually heard much about Andy's opinions either but on that front, but um, I know he has them. That's 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 fun. I love that. I love Sarah. I like Andy. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. Hanging out in Tokyo Law was fun. Um, but then the game started and it got yeah. considerably less fun after that. Yeah. It was fireworks, yeah. and it was the first fireworks game that I was like, I I've talked to you guys about this, I'm sure. I'm a big fireworks guy. I like fireworks or big fireworks shows, I should say, like fireworks at homes like residences I'm yeah. kind of over that kind of stuff i don't think that's a thing that we need to do anymore but like big fireworks shows like stadium fireworks or whatever yeah those are great huge fan of it look forward to it all the time yeah i, I left before they started i just was not in the mood at all yeah I, rough, I absolutely wouldn't have been either rough end of that game um, um and then no. yeah sunday we just played video games like all day oh and you bought a ps5 right that was today. Yes, that's the big news. Nice. Um, they finally had uh, a, a place to buy it online that didn't sell out within like five or ten minutes. Nice. Which is slowly but surely like happening at most other places. So if you've been yeah. like holding off and waiting, keep an eye out because places are starting to get them more often and they're holding on to them for longer. They're not like instantly selling out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I bought a PlayStation 5 um, finally, finally. And uh, also horizon forbidden west which is like the one game i've been the most excited about playing forever so probably gonna be doing that as soon as i get it as soon as it gets here i'm gonna be doing that for a while nice man just solidly playing the playstation 5 pretty yeah. happy about that it's a, it's a cool console um yeah the whole uh fireworks thing is interesting because i i'm i agree like i you know i saw people be like oh other places are doing like laser shows like look how cool this is i'm like they kind of they kind of suck and <laughs> are, are you more more lasers or drones if you had to choose drones i think look cooler than the lasers in my opinion what about like a pink floyd laser show in a planetarium that's cool but All like right. in a replacement in a, as a direct replacement for fireworks it just doesn't do the thing so my i think that a good middle ground is banning all personal firework use uh and then having just big big shows that are 30 minutes long or not like whatever they normally are and then that's just it and like one yeah. creates better public commons too uh way fewer fires because fires aren't started by these big citywide productions of fireworks because all like the city firework fire crews are in the area and they only do them in like safe spots anyway so i i mean everyone gets to get together and it could be more of a special occasion and then there's not people just blowing stuff up and lighting houses on fire and mountains on fire i think that seems like trevor i'm with you like we can do these big firework displays and just make them more fun and more special for everyone by making sure that no one's burning anything down. At yeah. the dogs and are going to be happier too. Dogs. Yeah. Cause it's consolidated to like a, a 
like less time, which I think is important because I mean, this whole like last week, like there people were doing a bunch of fireworks. I heard for like two hours last night and that was Tuesday yeah. night. I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah, we had fireworks going off in my neighborhood at like 1130 last night. And like that doesn't bother me that much because I usually like I'm not trying to sleep at 1130 most nights. Sure. But I promise my neighbors are like, yeah, come on, dudes. Like you can't be doing that on a weeknight. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, like you mentioned dogs, like it's I my cat. It doesn't really bother them. I know plenty of people who have dogs that like it's a real problem um, totally. for the dog. And I get that. So it's just. Yeah, like I don't think people are like responsible enough for personal fireworks anymore. Like I think we've established that they're fun. And for the most part, people are cool generally. But it's yeah. just one of those things that like we don't need some it. people ruined it for everybody. And to be honest, like for all the reasons you said, like community based fireworks shows are awesome. My favorite fireworks show that I've ever been to or ever get to go to is in Mapleton. They do it like in a city park. Maybe. for the 24th of july yeah and the way that they set it up and like do it it's like at one end of the park and everybody else is at the other end of the park and so you're close enough to where the fireworks are launching that they end up like not directly above you but it, you're very close and it's the coolest thing in the world um to be able to just like lay down on the grass and look up at a fireworks show basically above you it's really sure. really cool so I love fireworks shows, but personal fireworks. Um, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. much over it. I don't Same. need it anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, agreed. Anyway. So, uh, for me, first thing, uh, watch Nathan Fielder's show on HBO called the rehearsal. I might've mentioned it last time, but it's so funny. <laughs> you might've, I love it so much. It's so good. Uh, two, I was in, I didn't go to the game because I was in, uh, Idaho and Wyoming at my friend's cabin that I've, went to last fall and then first time in the summer uh this time and it was <clears throat> oh it was great it was just so lovely it was, it was a bit cooler up there um i worked friday from up there and then we just uh all the friends came up it was my brother's birthday over the weekend on saturday so a group of us that were there we all uh we hiked into this lake uh in like near grand teton national park it's technically just south of it and we went cliff jumping um off this like really cool rock and swam in the lake and it was just amazing scenery love to see it great fun just the classic lake day great photos farmer- that came out of it too Ooh, thank you yeah it was, it was it was great we uh and I went to the farmer's market in jackson that morning went to dinner that night at a place called melvin brewing in alpine wyoming and just had a just all around uh, great weekend, and Amen. then um, yeah, can't can't complain. And then uh, I I didn't watch. <laughs> I watched parts of the RSL game. I, I I was catching some of the highlights when I was up there because we weren't doing. We were actually at the at the at dinner at that point, and we were just kind of all tired from the day. And I was just like kind of following the game on my phone, and I was like, oh yeah. And then. Um, I saw Nope last night. There's a new movie theater out out close, like in Riverton, kind of close to me. And um, I don't know. There's something about only having to pay $5 for that type of like luxury theater experience, which is just amazing. I, I kind of, I don't know. I There's this weird thing where I tend to avoid $5 Tuesdays because I don't like crowded theaters because I don't like noisy theaters. 
Yeah. And my thinking is generally that like the more crowded a theater is, the more noisy it is. And that isn't necessarily true from my experience. Like sometimes, sometimes it, it appears that there's like a general agreement that the more people there are, there's like the more people there are that you might be disturbing and the more likely you might be like being told to shut up if there's, you know, you're being annoying. But like some of the most dis- like, uh, disruptive movie experiences I've had is when there's like six people in the theater and someone, one of those six people just won't shut up. But then on the other hand, I saw this movie in XD. It was really loud and people were very captivated by the movie. And, you know, sometimes like a loud movie theater when it's in response to the things that are happening on screen can be kind of fun. And that's kind of what I felt like when I saw Nope last night. It was kind of like, I don't know, people were... You know, there was there was pretty dramatic scenes in this movie, and I think people responded accordingly. So I had a really good, just it was five bucks, man, and like the seats were amazing. Like it's a brand new theater; it was just it was great. But hold on, I have to cough. Sorry, I muted myself. That did, did wait. Did you guys hear me cough? I thought oh, yeah. I totally heard you cough. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in the notes, and now no one's gonna hear the cough. <laughs> I thought I muted <laughs> myself. Hear you say that you coughed. Oh yeah, and that we heard fine. You, so I don't know. Um, yeah, so I uh, one thing that was very special about well, first of all, Nope was a very good movie. I very much enjoyed it. Uh, second of all, though, we're gonna talk about movie, Logan Paul for a second. Yeah, man, he's kind of he's kind of stupid. Like I was like, he did like a like twenty tweet thread about how Nope was like one of the worst movies he's seen re- recently, and I was like, like that's just objectively like maybe he. That was the only movie you saw. Like, I don't even understand where how you could even come up with that opinion. It was very weird. Um, it was like so many things on the screen were just objectively impressive. Like, it couldn't be. There's by no measure could that be the worst movie you had seen, uh, unless you had the only movies you had watched recently were just like some of the greatest movies ever made. And you're like, yeah, it's the worst out of like the three greatest movies ever made. So it's not better than Citizen Kane. So yeah, I don't know how good can it be. Way better than Citizen Kane. What a snooze fest. Am I right? Just kidding. Um, uh, Okay. So before the movie started, I'm like there with a group of friends and everything. And like, this is a group of friends uh, that we all go to Frightmares together. And we love Frightmares. And Frightmares is amazing. And we go to the seance at Frightmares, which is really, it's this this thing you pay like an extra five bucks for at Lagoon. And it's kind of like this. It's it's this kind of theatrical performance they put on and it's amazing. It's incredible. Like the effects, like the whole thing is is just is is really awesome. And I highly recommend people do it if you're going to Frightmares this fall. There's an actor, the guy who leads you through, through this like fake seance thing, who's the like lead production guy. I see this guy walk in in the movie theater, and I'm bad with like I'm bad with names, I'm bad with faces a lot of the times. I immediately clock this guy and I'm like, that's the seance guy. I saw him from like, like far away. My vision sucks. And I just immediately saw him. And like his work is burned into my brain so well that I was just like, that's the seance guy. And all my friends turn and I'm like, tell me that's not the guy from the seance at Frightmares at Lagoon. Like we've been there the last like two years. That's definitely him. They're like, how did you guess that's him? I can't believe you remember that. How did you remember that? So he was in line getting concessions after. And I went and talked to him after. And I said, Hey man, I'm sorry to bother you. Are you the seance guy at Lagoon? <laughs> and he said, and he like, he was like so nice. And he and his wife, like they, they're kind of like kind of weirder people. Like to be like the doing the seance production at Lagoon, you gotta be, you gotta be kind of like a weird it dude. Requires a little bit, yeah. But like, and a really, really like 
endearing way. He's like probably in his like early 60s, late 50s. And I was just like, dude, we all me and like seven of my friends who are all here. We love your work. (laughs) We think you're awesome. And he was just like, he was so nice. He's like, okay, I got to tell you something. We're really ramping it up this year. And I said, really? Like in a good way? And he said, yes. And I said, are you still going to be in it? And he said, yes. So I'm very much looking forward to Frightmares at Lagoon this year because Seance guy said it's going to be awesome and he's awesome. So I trust him. So anyway, anyone that's planning on going to Lagoon this Frightmares, I heard it straight from the source that it's amped up this year and it's going to be, it's going to be good. And it was even the last two years, there was an improvement from the first year to the second year. Didn't even need one, but got one anyway. Incredible stuff. So would love for people to experience it. I'm hoping that that guy like gets recognized occasionally as that guy and is not that guy. Like he just looks similar to him. And every now and then people come up and he's just like, you know what? If people keep are going to keep doing this, I'm just going to play along. And so then now he's just telling everybody, dude, just yeah. wait until you see the next it's one, gonna man. It's so going to be crazy. the best. We're doing crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's everybody excited. And you're going to go this year and it's just like the same old. Yeah. Whatever. I, that would that would be that kind would, of a bummer. But he, <laughs> the, first, the first year I did it with my friends, like he asks for four volunteers before, like when people are in line and two of my friends got picked as volunteers before. And it was, it made it even more fun. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, he, he's so distinct looking and in the production, he kind of has one of those, you know, those like early American, like 20th century American accents. That's like almost British kind of. He's yeah, the like, transatlantic you know, accent. Yeah. The Atlantic. Yeah. Yeah. He's got like the Brad Guzan type accent. Wait, <laughs> is it Brad Guzan? Yeah, it's uh, Friedel. Brad Friedel. Oh, it's Brad Friedel accent. Yeah. He's kind of got that thing going on. And where it's like a mix of New England and British. Yeah, he's like, but then when I talked to him in person, he's just like had had a super normal voice. So I was like, oh, kind of disappointed by that. But I guess that makes him just a better actor. And also he's so distinct looking. I was like, um, I was like, it has to be him. Has to be. And it was. I was so I was so glad. But anyway, so, yeah. So for Frightmares, I've been watching. Wait, I think we talked about I watched The Mist and Watcher. I watched we watched another scary movie called (laughs) Boy. Uh, called Relic. Uh, don't necessarily recommend it unless you're like a real horror head and you like that kind of stuff. It's pretty. Like it's a bad movie or it's just no, very it's, scary? It's a good or... movie. Um, Gory. Oh, it's scary. produced by Jake Gyllenhaal. That's weird. Oh. I was like, why is Jake Gyllenhaal associated with this? Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty scary. But it's like also if anyone has seen uh, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, it's kind of like a movie about uh dementia i guess ah uh it's 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 like that but like turned up the horror because i uh i'm thinking of anything this is a very i think really scary movie but like it's not it's not like a traditional horror movie it's kind of like a it's very unsettling movie but this one actually had like traditional horror elements mixed in with like a narrative about uh dementia which is a really tough combination for me Dementia was really scary for me. And then also uh, claustrophobia, which was slightly related to this one. There was a scene in Nope that made me <laughs> kind of freak out. That was a, but in like a fun way. But, you know, it, I'm, I struggle a lot with uh, claustrophobic situations. But anyway, yeah, I get that. Um, reading the uh, synopsis plot, whatever. Yeah. To this relic movie. It's Australian psychological horror film. Probably. I think I might skip this one. You know, 
I okay. What's what is like the let me just, a daughter and mother and grandmother are haunted by a manifestation of dementia that consumes their family's home. Yeah. yeah. No thanks. It's pretty tough. Dementia yeah. is one of those things that like it's. I was gonna say use the word rampant. It's not rampant in my family, but like we've had a couple of like my grandparents, my great grandma, sure. um, had a couple people in the family that have had dementia and like it's the toughest thing like in the yeah. world i think yeah my grandma like it's it's yeah like the idea of having dementia or dealing with somebody with dementia like it's just one of it's yeah, yeah I, I mean it's I life-changing right i For don't everyone. handle it very well i don't want to handle it so yeah, my grandma yeah. my, my dad's mom has it right now to some extent and we were talking about this i can't remember if i mentioned this I probably didn't mention it on the podcast i don't know why i would have but we, my mom had had just learned about. Uh, did I talk about how my mom? I can't remember if we were recording or not. How my mom talked about her, how she learned about Harambe, and then in reference yes. to dementia, she said she'd rather go out like Harambe than get. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "Yep." Uh, speaking of my mom, Trevor, you uh, inspired her to go online candy shopping, and nice. she didn't buy any from that one website. She ended up just buying like a two pan two pound bag of those sour jolly rancher gummies which are really oh, yummy. nice so anyway Ooh, i did try those uh you like the star wars airs yeah they are pretty good i love not those. like the best but they're good okay i think they're so fluffy and just there's something about them yeah, that just good. really gets me going i bought love a bag it. of those the remember the mac and cheese gummy things yeah. yeah the consistency of the mac and cheese gummy was not too dissimilar from the consistency really? of the that's yeah. pretty good then that's interesting all right it's a little bit i'm gonna say harder like it's not hard it's just sturdier is probably the better word but it's still a very like that kind of texture like it's yeah it's gummy and chewy but still like chewable all right it's good yeah i like them they're good all right well speaking of unsettling is it time to talk about real salt like that it's time i want you to know that that would have been would have been a better transition if it came sooner because candy is delicious. Wait, why is our dock yellow? Oh, is so I changed me? the background. I changed it to the. This is another social hour update. I changed our dock to the ease the pageless format. Oh, nice. And I asked if I wanted to change the background color, and for some reason, I said yes. I like. I mean, that's cool to me. Yeah, I thought it was kind um, of fun. I don't know. Yeah, this is okay. awesome. Wow. All right. Well. We're going to talk first about the two subjects that Trevor is always most excited to talk about. Uh, <laughs> and the first is David Ochoa. Who we are, got we a cover, little more. are we going to cover all of the David Ochoa stuff? or are we? What's all of it? I mean, we're just going to cover the latest, I think. We've okay. been pretty consistent in always having a David Ochoa segment. It's true. Um, and the latest is that, uh, so Pablo Mastroeni on El Show RSL. Uh, first, if you haven't listened to El Show RSL and you can speak Spanish, I'd highly recommend it. I cannot speak Spanish, so I am making some assumptions that it's great. Uh, but Joseph, who uh, is on that, Joseph Hutchison, uh, some RSL fan, all one word on Twitter, uh, tweeted out some highlights uh, from that interview. And he did talk about how uh, there's Mastroini gave some detail around Ochoa. Uh, and there was a great quote. Uh, I don't know if it was great. It was translated. I put it in Slack. Let's see if I can put find it. Slack it. or you put it in the doc? Because you put some stuff in the doc, too. I should have put it in the doc. I did not. 
All right. So it was an, another person, uh, Jaime Ojeda, a uh, reporter who said, who, you know, quoted it and then Microsoft translated it for me. So we've gone through several levels here. Uh, it's, I talked to, I talked to him to see how we could improve this. And he started training non-professionally. I said, take some time with the family to get away from the situation. I did my best to help him, but in the end, the player is the one who decides how to do things. And it's just like, there, that's got to be like half the story, right? At best. Yeah. Like you, if, if you talk to somebody and the situation gets materially worse, like something happened and maybe yeah. you talk to them poorly or maybe yeah. they were in a bad, you know, in a bad way or something, but if it, it finally brings to light everything. And then uh, he also talked about how uh, he was training poorly and was late to practice multiple times. And that's the reason he's being frozen out, more or less. And that's great. That's, uh, you love to see it. <laughs> I think, I think it's pretty clear, at least at some level, like what's going on that, like, you know, Ochoa wanted more money. The club didn't want to give him what they were asking for. Ochoa's representative said, okay, then you need to play hardball and you need to, like, you know, kind of play hard to get and withhold yourself from practice or whatever, which again, Albert Rusnak did the exact same thing and didn't yeah. show up for a game. And then got his new deal a week later. Yeah. Didn't show up for a game. Also, that was an actual away game. This is uh, a Choa not apparently not practicing or training well enough. Uh, so we've already there's at least some type of precedent here already that I don't know. A Choa's representatives wouldn't be insane to point to based on like how much the club had hyped him up. Uh it's not insane for Ochoa's representatives to think that like, hey, man, maybe you should maybe do kind of what Albert Rusnak did. Yeah. But, or or and it's not like Albert Rusnak wrote the book on that. Like it's right now. That's a common thing. Like that happens. If yeah. you're in the middle of contract negotiations, like soccer or any other sport, like sometimes the player. Particularly soccer, though, like it's a yeah. common thing. Like in. Yeah. But like it happens in like baseball and basketball as well. You know, the player that wants more money. Is like okay, well, let's see how valuable I really am, and yeah. sits out a game, and then the team's like, oh wait, no, yeah, we need you. Well, fine, you win. Like, yeah, it's not an uncommon thing. And I think the problem is that this happened during the off season, right? And so, yeah. like, it gave David less leverage uh, because he wasn't actually sitting out games that he would have been starting, like he would have last season. But then again, this is kind of what happened. Like Alberts was mid season, right? Yeah, this one wasn't. And as part of that, it's like, okay, now we're Zach McMath is going to be starting as the, he's going to be training to be the starting keeper as like, as the season starts. Um, and then Ochoa got frozen out. And so I don't know, uh, Mastro, any thoughts on, uh, on, uh, like when he was talking with Joseph seemed to reflect that's kind of the reality there, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. he said specifically, mm -hmm. it seems like someone is giving him bad advice on how to handle this contract situation. That's bad advice from the club's perspective. It worked for Albert Rusnak. So in that case, was it good advice? I well, don't know. It's, it's going to land Ochoa. To, and I guess that's the other thing we need to talk about how David Ochoa is reportedly a, a target for multiple teams. Uh, yeah. Two teams listed were Barcelona and Manchester United, obviously the biggest in that. A few, few like, uh, other league MX teams. Well. teams. Yeah. 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 Which, like, this is the thing. It's not bad advice. Like, I understand that Pablo is going to say, like, it's bad advice because it hurts Pablo. Yeah. 
and it hurts the club. It makes the club look bad. Um, like the, the bad advice that Pablo is talking about is like, he's not doing what I want him to do. So yeah. it must be bad advice, which whatever that's Pablo's view. But like at David Ochoa's point of view, like he's now going to get paid for the rest of this season and he's going to be training and that's yeah. not going to like lower his value to other teams. Like other teams that are interested in him aren't going to be like, Oh, well he didn't play this season. So we're no longer interested in him. Yeah, like, the the 21 year old goalkeeper didn't play. Right. They're still definitely interested in him. They still definitely want to sign him and they're going to be even yeah. more incentivized now that they don't have to pay anything insane. to sign him. They just have to offer David Ochoa a little bit more money than the next guy. And he'll probably go play. Whoever offers him the most money, the, it, so it genuinely yeah. is taking bad advice by getting to go to wherever he wants to and probably get paid more than he was going to yeah. be here. Like that's not bad advice, dude. And also, just, you're you've got sour grapes. That's it. Kind of feels like uh, <laughs> management of a company saying their workers are getting bad advice because they decided to like strike <laughs> to yeah, get like, better to get better pay, like. I don't know. That's just like, I don't just cause like, like the club says it's bad advice doesn't necessarily mean that it is, but that's something that we've heard, you know, from the little, the, the dangling grape vines or what, I don't, whatever that like, he's got bad people in his camp. They're t- like, he's got bad people in his ear telling him this, but it's like, if it comes down to like, he's literally just like, kind of like withholding his labor to try to get a better deal. It's like, okay. Good for him. Yeah. Is that the worst that he's doing? <laughs> like, it's not, but I mean, the Bad. last person, the last person that was like this high profile with RSL that was like, uh, he's got people in his ear that are telling him bad things was Carlos Alcedo. And he only yeah. went on to Mexico and then succeeded there and went to Italy and then Germany. Yeah. And now, like right well, now at this moment, succeed now. So I think that means that it was all sure. bad advice, right? Yeah. yeah. Now at this moment, like no it's longer. not working out, but he still got paid handsomely. And, and he's a really starter well. for the starter for the Mexican national team for the Mexican national team for several years. Like he's a good player. Yeah. The person that was giving him bad advice turned out fine. Yeah. Cause yeah. he got to play in, in <laughs> top got, leagues got, in Europe. Got exactly what he wanted. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I hate. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's a bummer, but like, it's basically what, I mean, from all that we're hearing about it, it's basically exactly what we expect. Like Elliot went on, the drive today with Andy Larson and Porter uh, is Porter's last name Larson too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No relation. He said, yeah. So it's, Andy, which is weird. They probably are related somewhere down the line. Also, Andy introduces it's himself Utah. as Andy B Larson. I don't know if it's cause it's a Twitter handle. Is it pronounced B Larson? I thought it was Larson. So we got Andy Larson and Porter Larson and they're running the drive this week. And Elliot went on today to talk about a few different things and Andy asked about Achoa and he basically just said the exact same thing that he said last time. So nothing there, but yeah, he doesn't um, respond to social media posts, which yeah, is funny because uh, Pablo Mastroini went on a podcast. Yeah. That's <laughs> why we're asking about post. it now. We're not, it, he didn't post anything on social media in the past week or two that was like, Oh, this is unusual and definitely a talking point. Yeah. Andy Your specifically coach, brought up all that stuff <laughs> on the radio and talked about it. Shed some new light on it. And also, yeah. uh, don't respond to t- social posts. It's like, it was a report from Tom Bogart about how like other clubs are interested in him. And right after that question, Elliot specifically said, I don't respond to social media posts. And it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we talked about this before, but it's like, you know, it, it, it does appear that David has like 
uh, like at some level has a lot of appreciation appreciation for Real. So like I don't know what how it wouldn't have been risky to sign him to give him more money than you you might have been comfortable with with the intention of selling him over the next year. Like yeah. Well, here's the thing: we we've sold what two players for significant sums, right? Well, who who are you talking about? Salcedo and Saverino. Okay, we've also traded some players in the league that have gotten sure, yeah. pretty significant returns. Brooks Lennon is the one that comes to mind, but yeah, he Cor- was what, Corey three, Baird too. Interesting. And Corey and Baird, Baird was five hundred. Yeah, which is yeah, so something yeah, like that. Good. Good. Not bad. That's Corey Baird doing anything <laughs> right now? Like, is he he's playing? playing well? I don't yeah. think he's like he's not like All Star Rookie of the Year like he used to be, but yeah, he's playing. So he hasn't know, scored a goal for a Houston Dynamo. I will mention, but he's played but, nineteen games. That track, like if I were David Ochoa looking at that track record of sales of like young players, like would I trust the club? That's a good, that's, that's a good I part. Would. So I like ask for money so that if they, if they don't sell you, you're still like making more than an entry level, like data entry person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, know. it's seems to me like such a no-brainer to overpay a little bit on a young promising goalkeeper with a lot of suitors apparently yeah to overpay a little bit for a little while just to lock him up yeah and then if you get the say you put him on a three-year deal where you're paying him whatever whatever he wants 1.5 million over three years yeah let's say it's let's say it's five hundred thousand a year for three years at the end of the three years if nobody's come to you to sell or to buy him i mean and he's underperforming, then it's very easy for you to look back and be like, we're going to pay you a lot less because you're not that good. Yeah. You clearly aren't. There's not people coming after you anymore and you're not playing very well. It's very easy. And that at the end of the day, one and a half million over three years is not nothing, but it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And it also like how much is your is how much is looking this bad worth? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Like this was never it. Losing him like in this way was never going to reflect positively on the club. And that that does. I mean, whether or not like the some of the specifics are correct, like you see like Herc Gomez go on ESPN FC and just like trash the club a bit. That that looks that looks bad. Yeah. Even and if, it doesn't matter if he's completely right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Even if he did get several themselves. key details wrong. And even if Herc apparently I don't follow Herc as much as other people do. But even if Herc routinely gets things wrong and people don't really trust him to be factually accurate hundred percent of the time. Like you've still got a guy, a talking head on ESPN that's saying that your club's trash. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like it's worth overpaying maybe to try to make up for past transgressions uh, that might feel tangentially related to this kind of thing, you know, and then or best at least case scenario, not raising a player out. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and the best case scenario is you overpay the guy for one year of your three year deal and then you sell them for a million or two million dollars. Yeah. Or you sell them for four or five hundred thousand dollars. That's yeah. still better than what you've done now, which is made yourself look stupid and dumb every step of the way. <laughs> and it doesn't get better. Like none, nothing has improved. Every single time that it gets brought up, it gets worse. I mean, it, it seems looks worse. like. I, okay, I think I think we're we're being a little too one sided on this. I think it's I think we need to emphasize the fact that David Ochoa's indoor soccer team at Gardner Village has probably dramatically improved since he started playing on it. Am I fair <laughs> to say? We could actually, you know, 
Um, we don't have the time right now, but we could probably look up. Oh, we always have the time to look stuff up. <laughs> but we maybe look up how the team on. is doing. We they usually post their results online. That's all awesome. they do. Yeah, we know what team he's on though. I don't think we do. I don't think I we don't. can find out. Don't you give me a few minutes? Oh, the dinner I helped make smells really good out there. All right, so should we move on to Gustavo Cuellar? <sighs> yeah. So this also relates to Pablo Mastroeni's interview. Yeah. Uh, with Joseph <laughs> on El Show RSL, and what well, what did what did Joseph specifically, specifically said? He said, "Uh, seems like the Cuellar deal is basically dead." Carlos Grezzo was another option at the six, but that got shut down by Augsburg, it seems. Yay. <laughs> uh, so shout out to the Blitzer umbrella <laughs> for <laughs> not providing on the second, on the backup option. And then the Cuellar deal is very, very weird to me. Like I, I've, we've, we've heard a lot about like, you know, it is how many months? When did, when did Fabrizio, five Romano, months. When did Fabrizio Romano send that tweet out? Fabrizio Romano sent that tweet out saying it was like close to being done. And it seems like somebody blew it and I don't know what's going on there. And I, I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> like, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Yeah. So I, it, it does look like he's uh, probably on the verge of having signed a new contract in at all halal for whatever that's worth. That's the latest as of 11 minutes ago. Oh really? That's that, not official yet, but that's the those are the uh, gosh. That's such a that's such a bummer. Yeah, we had a chance to sign him before a new coach came in. Yeah, and a new coach came in, and uh, of course that's going to change things, right? Like I don't blame yeah. Gustavo Cuellar. I mean, it's really on on us to get deals done quickly if we want a player, because the alternative is we just don't get the player. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, he's still posting pictures with tiny water bottles, but he's not posting any pictures with tiny water bottles and RSL shirts. So, um, yeah. It, so that was part. I mean, we can just go through some of the other stuff that Joseph uh, covered with Pablo. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good stuff. Before we get there, I want to promise our podcast listeners we are not giving up on Gustavo Cuellar. Nope. Maybe, maybe we oh, are in John. terms of being a Real Salt Lake player. <laughs> But he's now my favorite player of all time. Yeah. Uh, and those tiny water bottles will continue making an appearance on the timeline. I think he's just obsessed with making himself look, you know, really, really big because the, the tiny, tiny trophy, trophy was one thing. The tiny water bottles are another thing. He looks like if you zoom in on him again, go to Gustavo Cuellar official on, on Instagram. If you zoom in on him. The proportions are just hilarious with the tiny little water bottle full of pink uh, liquid. It's just, it's just so awesome. Um, uh, Trevor, do you have any thoughts or feelings on the matter? Um, I can't. David Ochoa has not scored enough goals. They only put like goal scorers' <laughs> names on the league site, and I don't know oh. like the name of the team, so I can't like tell you how he's gone. Um, I checked a couple of leagues. They have a rule that says like pro or semi-pro players, like college level and above, have to play in the top division. Check Probably the top fair. division. He's not listed as like one of the top 10 goal scorers. Oh, not trying so, very hard then. No. Which probably good. And in I my experience, me. guys that do play like actual college or like like actual soccer games that matter on some level never try very hard when they go to indoor. They yeah. just chill and relax and are just playing with friends to have a good time. Like, yeah. 
indoor is not where they get competitive. It's a good thing for, for all good reason. So, and do you have thoughts or feelings on Quayar? You nope. kind of dodged the question. <laughs> oh, I did. You noticed, huh? <laughs> yeah, oh, I I noticed. I'm glad that the saga is over. Um, it's, it's been officially over. killed. We're done talking about it. It'll never come up again. Thank goodness. Well, we're got we'll bad news for you, that. Trevor. We'll <laughs> I've changed our plans for episode 100. What, it's, it's just going to be solid. Special. A two-hour discussion about. The, wait, this is 99. Yeah, this, this is, is 99. 99. Oh man. Okay, next next week's the, we, we the one. Five or six days of like finalized plans to Ma, do our thing. Mother, you hear that? Okay. All right. We'll, cool. we'll see you on is Wednesday. Okay, mom. We could, we could probably do next week. Next Wednesday. That sounds great. All right. Did you? There's a picture of. Did Giovinco play in Saudi Arabia? Yeah, he went to somewhere from some team. There's a picture of Giovinco and Cuellar uh, together at a place called Billionaire Riyadh. That's an Italian <laughs> restaurant called Billionaire Riyadh. <laughs> Dude, the Middle East is so funny when they like try to do stuff in English. It's like, what? Oh, Did you that. also see that thing that you guys see that mega city there? Tr- they say they're going to be building in in Saudi Arabia. That's called the Line. No, but no. I need to look it up. Uh, just Google the Line. Saudi Google the Line, Arabia. it'll come right up. Future or fantasy designs unveiled for one building city stretching 106 miles. In Saudi Arabia, that's insane. That's ridiculous. It's really dumb. I have no time for that. <laughs> it's um, I'm anti shenanigans. Complete. It's in Neom. That like weird little uh, Neom is like this like futuristic. Uh, it's this futuristic city they're building in Saudi Arabia, supposedly. Um, it's really the whole thing is just. It's so dumb. Yeah, <laughs> I just. Anyway, it's just mirrored. Never mind. I'm, yeah, I'm not reading beyond mirrored mm. skyscraper eco city. No thanks. Um, Jivinko went to Al Halal, which oh he played. You might have heard. Well? You might have heard that might sound familiar because that's where Gustavo Cuellar played. I didn't know. Nice. So they were teammates for it looks like two seasons. My favorite player of all time. This is funny. The line will be the first development in Neom, a planned $500 billion city. These plans call for the line have a population of $9 million. Like, who's going to move there? Who's going to move to the line? And it's this weird, like, multi-layered, like, city that's just, like, I don't know. This, like, is, this is video game wide. stuff. Like, this it's is so dumb. This is the yeah. set of some video game futuristic dystopian world. Yeah. It's really... It I just it feels very like cyberpunk city type. I got into, I got really into this into Neom for like six hours, like a like a year ago, and I was like, "What is happening here?" And uh, I don't know what. I I think they might have released a new video in the last couple days that made them like. But all right. Anyway, uh, no, dude. I'm speaking of dystopia. Stupid. Uh, Project. Kyle, do you want to go through the rest of what Joseph had to say? Yes, absolutely. So uh, Joseph had this, of course, interview with Pablo Mastreni, and uh, there are a few bullets. As far as he's aware, RSL was never interested in Luis Suarez. <laughs> oh, darn. So that's, um, I want to talk about the word never interested in. Yeah. Just that, like, yeah, you why? should be interested in Luis Suarez. Like, <laughs> regardless of, like, whether or not it's, it's a realistic, realistic opportunity, like, you should be 
like, oh, Luis Suarez is looking for a new club. Well, let's reach out. Like, let's just see what the market's like. We're never going to sign a player like Lionel Messi. And I can't think of another player more like Lionel Messi <laughs> than one of MSN. That's a great point. We had yeah. the whole thing figured out, too. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's that. He said, uh, you know, Coyar deal's dead. Pablo, supposedly, Ooh. and this is something that Andy brought up to Elliot on air, that Pablo wants a nine, a six, and a left back this window still. Um, and then Elliot's <laughs> response was, we're making moves. He said, yeah, here's the quote. Do you want me to read? <clears throat> yeah, go for it. read Elliot. Uh, look, I certainly, uh, he didn't actually say look there. He, he says, listen. No, he didn't say either. I certainly think we're going to be able to make some moves. We're constantly working. We're trying to get some things across the line, and I think we'll be able to do it. I'll let Pablo's words speak for themselves. What does that mean? I'll let Pablo's words speak for themselves. Pablo's words were, I would like a nine, a six, and a left back. (laughs) This is actually how they communicate across different interviews. I don't think they actually have regular meetings. They don't talk to each other. They just like, like, they just send a text, hey, I'm going to be on the radio. To you tell you what in. I think of your ideas. Yeah, that was really that funny can. that he that he said, "I'll let them speak for themselves." It's like, uh, why? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, but I also, like, don't understand what that even means. Like, what was the point of Chris Cablon? Like, that was one of the things I was mentioned. That was like that was the club trying to bring in a left back, and he just that's never what I, got minutes. Right? He got twenty five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> <sighs> and Elliot also there was another part of the interview where he talked about the Blitzer umbrella and was talking about how we've already utilized it a bit we're talking about one of the least clinical goal scorers in MLS and also a left back who he played for 25 minutes it also allowed us to easily unload the contract of a defensive midfielder that we shouldn't have resigned. yep no okay well let's back up true. just a second because at the beginning record, of this season, we, we talked about... We should not have re-signed Everton Luis. No. I think and that's I in think hindsight. Time. No, I, uh, I was against it. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I seem to remember the conversation was, if he takes a significant pay cut, it's fine to yeah. re-sign him. Oh, I, I don't think he took that significant pay cut. He was still on like 450. No, he was making like 800, oh, 900,000. He was making right, a lot true. of money. That's true. I don't think it was significant enough. Okay, that's fair. But anyway... Yeah. Who would have thought that a guy that we plucked from the second division in Belgium might not have cut it for uh, a replacement left back? this year. So uh, just under the DP level. Yeah. Cool. But still, it's like a 50% pay cut. So like, yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's true. So yeah, but I think we also said at the time, like, we should just go get somebody yeah. who's better. Sign <laughs> Because you can get somebody better for cheaper. Like this Gustavo Cuellar guy I heard about, I think he'd have been a good option. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And he was a target. And uh, he was a target for very many months, and it never seemed to happen for some reason. Yeah, thirty-six uh, months, I think. Exasperated sigh. Uh, Mascheroni said that the club has been put, trying to sign players, but they keep getting sniped. Uh, okay. Um, talked about the Ochoa thing. He said we told. <laughs> We should well. We shouldn't breeze over that. We should talk about that for more than one second. The Ochoa thing? No, they sign players, but they keep getting sniped. Oh, why? Why? Why would they keep getting sniped? Like, go yeah, sign yeah, players. That's your job. Other play. Other teams are signing players, and you're not. You don't get to be like, oh, well, they're all being taken. Like, make better offers. Yeah. Well, as a, we'll, we'll should we talk about Elliot here? 
Um, sure. So what did he say? Uh, there, he did talk about uh, DPs. So on on ESPN 700 today, he talked a lot about how, I don't know, that they had long-term plans. He kept talking about that repeatedly, like our long-term plan of bringing up Academy players and developing them and our long-term plan. And we can't, can't break the bank for one player and we don't want to move, you know, deviate from our long-term plan. Yeah, you can. And so, I mean, like being a GM has to be an improvisational act, right? Yeah. You are, you have to change plans as things develop. Uh, and yes, you can have that long-term plan, but if your long-term plan requires that you don't deviate, I think you've got a bad long-term plan. And if your long-term plan is sign Academy players, like, I'm sorry, we signed a bunch and they're like, the oldest one is 17. Yeah. Uh, and maybe the plan shouldn't be rely on those guys anytime in the next four years. Yeah. Like at earliest, right? And that's yep. a good long-term plan. Sign sign Academy players, develop them, bring them up to be first-team players. But want, we don't yeah. have... There's, there's a huge gap where we've got, you know, the Justin Glad class. Yeah. And we've got this new class. And, and there's a lot of years in between children. there. In some yeah. instances, there's over 10 years. Like we can't, if your long-term plans includes fans thinking that maybe Axel K is a good option to come. Apparently to, it's Kai now. It's back to Kai? It's back to Kai. Thanks okay, to Axel. RSL Sunday, Sundays for uh, filling us in. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I missed that one. It's very strange. I, uh, okay, Axel Kai, if, if part of the plan is having him play, uh we're a lot of years out from that so like like you're saying like there's an improv improvisational aspect to this that uh you know we can't be like where are the development pieces that's going to bridge that gap between the 14 year old that we're hoping you need need to have long-term plans and that's great if the if you have long-term plans and they work out and your long-term plan is to sign a whole bunch of 17 year olds and younger and in five or six years they'll have a lot of pro minutes and they'll be great players that's fine Nobody's got any beef with that as a long-term plan. The problem is you need a short-term plan as well. You still yeah. have to feel the team. You have to be competitive. And you either need to come out, and we've talked about this, you either need to come out and be like, look, guys, we're not winning this year. We're not winning next year. We're just simply developing players. It's going to be kind of boring and crappy, but that's the plan. So get excited to watch these players be great in four years. Yeah. That's our championship window, and that's our plan to develop as a team. But they don't like you can't be like, oh, yeah, we're going to sign some DPs and we're going to compete. and We're going to get better now. But then also be like, well, we can't do that because we've got long term plans like you definitely can do both. Yeah, you can develop young players and also succeed now. Or you have to be honest and say, look, the plan isn't to succeed now. We're not in the window. We don't have the ability with money or roster cap or whatever it is. Yeah. But just be honest with yourself. If the short-term plan is to not be a good team because you're developing young players, do that. But you're not yeah, bite the playing any of these young right? players with the first team. So don't say that the first team can't sign new players because you got to develop these kids that aren't playing for the first team. They're playing for the Monarchs, which is where they belong. Yeah, especially but- when MLS gives you more to fight for in – uh, than like other leagues. Like I saw Andy Larson having this conversation on Twitter today in reference to the jazz talking about how they felt like their championship window was closed. So it's time, you know, to, to capitalize on when your assets have the highest value and do a full rebuild, uh, you know, and, and, and in the NBA, 
<clears throat> you're basically only fighting for the NBA championship, the title, and that's it. In MLS, there's a bit more that you can fight for in order to get like Champions League soccer, <clears throat> like in reference to like US Open Cup or Supporter Shield, etc. And the very funky thing that is MLS playoffs that gives, you know, you a better chance. It gives outside teams a, a bit more of a better chance. But we do know that the teams that have succeeded in the MLS Cup over the last, you know, almost 10 years have been teams that spend on spend big money on players. And we seem to be really unwilling to do that, despite the fact that we now have more resources behind us than ever. And we're told that, like, we can utilize them. So we I mean, there's a lot to fight for in MLS. And just trying to downplay the importance of signings by saying we'll have guys coming back from injury, one of which Demir Krylock, for instance, don't know if he's coming back for injury from injury anytime soon. We did hear potentially October at one point, and then it was kind of bumped up in reference to trying to ta- or tamper expectations around transfer signings. Like, oh, it, it'll like he's a few weeks out, maybe. Um, I have a reminder set in Slack to. It's check also important to remember this team did not look good with Demir Krylock this season uh at well, all they also play to the a broken demir krylock that is also true like so i like I, oh, my hopes for demir krylock coming back this season are low all around because i don't know if his health's gonna be where it's at and also i don't think pablo has a plan to figure out how to integrate him into whatever system he feels like he's playing well, he, so. yeah which is fine because he doesn't have to until september or yeah, so five games of the season. yeah agreed so i'm not I don't have any big hopes on being able to integrate a Demir Krylock that's probably maybe healthy into the squad. So um, I actually think we we know where he'll play now, and that's a target forward, yeah. and he'll replace Cordova, and Cordova will play alongside him or something. And well, they'll just swing in Marino, I just we're like, just swinging in crosses now. Yeah, that, that is, is our true. strategy. Well, yeah, we have the tallest player on the field in Cordova and clearly that's his strength as being tall and heading the ball as you can <laughs> see again has the he same amount of headed goals tall. as Savarino has that's the same amount of headed goals as Johan Koppelhoff has the same amount of headed goals as Andrew uh, Brody Justin Glad I don't know if that's Andrew why is the he's goal, he's he was playing clubbed. on the field and that's why Ruby Rubin's on the bench which was his answer to that question at the end of the last game was we that t- we, we should talk about that when we talk Cordova about it. is a better aerial threat than Rubin and that's part of yeah Anyway, (laughs) no, he's not. Clearly not. Let's move through the rest of what Joseph said. Uh, Another interesting piece was that, uh, you know, Joseph was talking to Pablo and he said, we we told him that Joni Menendez had told us on the show when he came on El Show RSL that he likes to play left wing. And Pablo was shocked. (laughs) He said that Joni never told him that for the whole year he was here and that he would have played him on the left if he had known. I don't know how much to take from this, but it's weird. You know, this points to somebody in situations with the head coach being a bad communicator. We've got David Ochoa, who, by the head coach's account, talked to the head coach and then stopped trying. We have Joni Menendez, who apparently never told the head coach the position he preferred to play. It's it's very puzzling, isn't it? Yeah. No, I, it's not. I wonder what the it common points, factor is. It po- <laughs> yeah. It's very we're very this guy right now. Yeah. The, and I don't uh, know how to describe Trevor it. mentioned like, you know, maybe I mean I I, I the reason why I, I think this is weird and I don't know how much to take from it is like Trevor pointed out, like he could just be lying because we know Pablo lies about stuff. So 
Yeah, Pablo lies and contradicts himself kind of constantly and always. Um, no, he's and, just manifesting a different reality. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and in the manif- in the reality that he's manifested, Joni Menendez, who is very historically a left-sided player, has played on the left side, and that's well-documented on easily look-upable stats about the player. Like, there takes it takes no work to, like, scout that he plays on the left historically. Yeah. And that player apparently never once mentioned to the head coach of the team that he's been signed to a three-year deal for, hey, I play on the left. That's not true. Like, I, I can't believe that. There's yeah. no way that Joni ever once was like, hey, you know how you're playing me on the right? I really do better on the other side of the field. Well, there's no way that he said that because Pablo Mascarini, like, only gave him a chance partway through this year. After taking taking over mid-year, like, he stopped playing him. Menendez was getting minutes and scoring goals and getting assists. And then he stopped playing. And it's just... Uh, well, it could be. Let's consider this option. Uh, Johnny Menendez speaks Spanish for sure. We yeah. don't know how good his English is. So maybe it's that Pablo doesn't speak Spanish and they couldn't have had that conversation properly. Oh, wait a minute. This interview was in Spanish that Pablo gave. Pablo speaks Spanish. I, I don't believe Pablo. This is not true. There's, there's no world where Johnny Menendez was an employee working under Pablo and never once went to the boss and said, Hey, I do better work over here. I mean, I could I could see that if he doesn't enjoy working with the boss or fears the boss, right? Which is great. You're right. That's a better alternative to the reality. I mean, he... it, it involves one party not lying, I guess. Sure. So that, I don't know. Trying so, to give him yeah, the benefit of the doubt here. It's hard. At the, at the end of the day, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. Should we move on? Yeah. yeah. And then he got a call from uh, he and the men's national team got a call from George Bush while the, before the game against Mexico, the 2002 World Cup, saying that they were the best soccer team in the world and go out and win. And that Bush made a bet with the president of Mexico on that game. That's interesting. Yeah. And then I mean, Barack Obama made a bet with uh, was it Merkel? Nah, yeah. Whoever was, was it? here in the World Cup in 2014. Sick. Love was it. Merkel or was it? Um, David Cameron, whoever was prime minister in 2014. Oh, maybe. Okay, maybe. Um, you know, kind of fun, I guess, but meaningless. Pablo, yeah. Pablo Mastroianni also has a new puppy. So good for him. That Actually, was, really uh, good, happy. That's been confirmed by a friend who lives, I guess, close by. Pablo takes his dog for walks and nice. they've seen the dog, and the dog is very cute. Uh, I also want to mention that, like, uh, as part of Elliot's interview on ESPN 700 today, when he was talking about like losing players on free transfers, because that's something that, that Andy brought up. Uh, obviously Albert is a really big example and I don't know if people remember, but like in the off season last year, uh, there were many times where we heard that like, we're hoping Albert signs, like we're thinking oh, yeah. Albert's going to sign. We're confident that he'll be signing and he'll He's be around next player year for us. Albert himself was like, I would like to stay. I would like to contribute. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, this is F through Alex, uh, transcribed some of this from Elliot on ESPN 700. He said, first and foremost, I don't think we've been losing players that are a high asset value for us regularly. We have a lot of really good young players on long term contracts with our club. These are also players. We, this isn't a quote. These are also players that, uh, we don't seem to have any intention of, of selling. Like when it comes to, I think he's referring to like Justin Glad, Aaron Herrera, I mean, he could be talking about like Axel Kai. And I mean, he could be, yeah, class, for sure. Could be. But like, we I, don't know if they're really good players yet. Yeah. When so. I read that, I interpreted it as Glad Herrera, and like the next 
kind of up and coming 17, 18 year old kids. Yeah, because like, we just signed Aaron Herrera to a new contract. But anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, continued. Albert was an unbelievable player for us for a long time, but the reality is there was a difference of opinions of where and the direction we needed to head as a club from what Albert was able to provide and what Albert wanted to be. So <laughs> I don't, I don't understand that in the context of like how we heard about Albert last over the off season. Before I mean, we it's one hundred percent contradictory. Yeah. So but also, there's two things. One, it's funny that he said what Albert wanted to be and what Albert is now is a CONCACAF Champions League champion. Yeah. So I mean, like, he couldn't have been that here. So I guess maybe, that's maybe he I'm demanded saying. that. Like I, <laughs> like, I demand to play in Champions League. Well, that's right the thing. It's, it's like Elliot Paul's like, well, you know, his goals didn't line up with ours and his goals were probably win the Champions League. Yeah. And that doesn't line team, up with right? RSLs. Like, you don't want... The, I know I'm reading way between the lines there, but that's yeah, no. that's a silly thing. Maybe yeah, it, it was to play funny. in front of the best fans. And Elliot yeah. simply couldn't guarantee that people like us could improve <laughs> to be even remotely in the conversation. No, we couldn't. It so, simply had to be Seattle. Simply had to be Seattle. So yeah, I I don't know. Also, what is the word of simply and like Europeans using that word in English? It's kind it of I've really good. Simply. Yeah, uh, there's a Swedish YouTuber that I watch sometimes, and he he says he says simply all the time. Um, there's a Counter Strike player from Ukraine. He's considered the best in the world, and like Counter Strike's kind of silly and goofy in that like everybody has their gamer names, and like that's what yeah, they go course. by. Yeah, and his gamer name is Simple. Oh, I love and it, and that's what everybody calls him. It's, it's Simple with the one, so it's S one. MPLE and he's like the greatest player of all time. I love it. Um, all right. Let's also talk about the DP conversation here. Really quick, can I make sorry, I want to make one more quick point about that specific thing. We usually stick straight to what we planned, but I'll let you we can we can improvise <laughs> on our long term plans and you can go. That's right. I was gonna say add in the doc that Trevor wants to make one more point. Wait, man, um, when do you get home from California? Sorry. Uh it'll be Wednesday. Okay, maybe we'll do a Thursday episode or something. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I could do so Wednesday too. Okay. Okay. Um, no, just whole, Elliot's whole answer about like we haven't been losing players regularly is like it's pretty obvious, but I feel like it should be pointed out that like he's just diverting from the problem. The problem is that we're losing a player in David Ochoa. We lost a player in Albert Rusnak, yeah. and like that's not a trend for this club but they matter it's recent memory and it definitely matters and it's two big misses by the club and by elliot fall to be honest in recent memory and he immediately just pivots to be like we're not doing that look at what we are doing right we're doing we're signing these players and keeping these players and like and yeah i know that that's not like letting him off the hook because he's going to divert and spin and be like this is what we're doing right yeah and that's his job it, it, yeah and that's his job and i get extent. that but that doesn't mean that like everything like that stuff doesn't matter and that's yeah. what that kind of answer like kind of leads you down that path is like we're doing this stuff right and it wants you to focus on that but it doesn't change the fact that we missed on albert and we're missing huge on ochoa and both of those happened under elliot fall maybe albert wanted us to rebrand Listen, we needed to be Elliot Fall tiny. came out and said, look, Albert's ideas were that we wanted to rebrand and we're not about that. Elliot Fall's the goat. He can stay here forever. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. So yeah, that's fun. So <laughs> roster construction. Uh, do you want to go on here, Kyle? Uh, uh, or I can read it. Where, 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 yeah. yeah, so I'll read it. So I lost it. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, Alex uh, also transcribed this on roster construction. We currently have two open international spots. It would be unrealistic to say that we're going to bring in two DPs and buy two guys down. Demir and Sergio are the other two guys occupying DP spots. And Kyle, I think you had a little point on this. Well, yeah, like that's, I mean, we were told multiple times. I mean, even so much that we saw (laughs) Sergio tweet out that he wasn't a designated player. So we have Sergio saying, I'm not a designated player. And we've been heard time and time again that Demir and Sergio could be bought down. Yeah. And so I don't understand the point of saying it'd be unrealistic unrealistic to say that we're going to buy both of them down. I don't know if he means within the next like, eight days because that's when the transfer window window closes but i don't understand the point of saying that like it's unrealistic to think we'll buy both guys down because then that just seems to indicate that we actually are treating either one of these guys as a as a designated player which i mean again if sergio cordova is taking up a designated player spot and it's unrealistic to buy him down and then the other guy demir krylock who has what is quite possibly a season ending injury and what i fear is a career ending injury uh, like, I don't know. That's just a weird thing to say when you I mean, previously said we could buy them both down. Like, I don't like, it's not a concern. How many times do we hear? Like, it's not a concern. Like we can buy guys down and then to yeah. say definitively that we, it's unrealistic to say we'll buy both down. I'm just like, why would you say that? Well, the scenario that would require us to buy both of them down is that we sign three DPs in the next eight days Two, right? Because Sovereign is one of them. Yeah, and Sovereign is locked Whoa, in. Hold on. He's above the TAM level. Oh, okay. So Sovereigno, Demir, and Sergio I, I are the other two guys occupying DP spots. That's my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. do you remember in the announcement that like it was like this makes the club's like twelfth designated player of all time or whatever? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So okay. So then the scenario that would require us to buy both of those guys down is that we're buying two designated players or we're getting two designated players. Yeah. So yeah. what he's saying is that's not happening, which like, great. That's fantastic news. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, you make one it, you might make, be nice. We could like, we that's, take one. Can we have some good news? That's yeah. The point that you're making is like exactly right. That they prefaced all of this in the off season with like, don't worry. Or at the, when the off season window like ended and it was a little bit of a disappointment, they were like, listen, guys, wait for the summer. We've got two guys that we can buy down. So get excited. Cause we've got two guys that we can buy yeah. down and make room. This is yeah. why you never get excited when someone tells you to get excited about something. Yeah. And, yeah. And now they're I really now it's turned into episode 100 of off the crossbar. That's right. <laughs> you should get excited. about that. <laughs> and now the message has turned into, Again, eight days before the deadline, they've had plenty of time to figure this out. Yeah. Okay. Don't. It, it would be unrealistic to say that what we're going to do is exactly what we told you to get excited about. Like. <sighs> yep. I'm uh, not. I'm not happy with Elliot Fall and the the entire mechanisms surrounding acquiring new players with this club and the way that this roster has been constructed. And like, we've had a lot of reasons to get mad and not appreciate this for the last several years. And most of those reasons had a lot to do with Deloitte being Deloitte. Yeah. And now we don't have that. 
Yep. And so we've given Elliot and company, because I know there's more than just Elliot. It's not fair to like dogpile sure. on Elliot about this because there's several people um, in the front office that are responsible for a lot of this. But it's getting to the end of like the rope. Like we have a new owner. We apparently have new owners that are ambitious and want to shake things up and, and change the, the what's the word I'm looking for? Change the attitude around RSL and how good we are as a team and what we're going to do to become better. And we're not worried about payroll as much as we used to be. And we're, we're happy to spend money on players. And we haven't seen that at all. And we've had new owners for pretty much an entire season now. And these are the first two windows. And the first one was kind of a bummer. And the second and one is shaping get, up. You can get it right if the first one's a bummer. Yeah, like that's what I said. Like the first one gets a pass because yeah. all of that happened in the middle of and during the first window. So you can't shift everything sure. overnight. Get that. But the second window was the one where we were like, let's see what happens in this one. And that's the one that closes in eight days. And we have seen less than nothing. There's been no movement on like mm-hmm. anything except that we got rid of a little bit of dead weight. That's yeah, a little we, rude, but we, we lost two long term players, right? Yeah. And then lost one short-term loan. Yeah. 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 And like, I and mean. We did clear two international spots, but that again is something that, great. What are you going to do with it? You don't yeah. get to be like, hey guys, we cleared two international spots. Celebrate that. That's not the point. You cleared two yeah. international spots to make two new signings and you've got eight days. So you're on yeah. the clock. Maybe we can trade them for the rest of the season for some allocation money. That yeah, would be great. That would because be, we yeah. definitely need allocation money. And like, like here's the other thing is how many, for what, <laughs> how many times did we hear that? Like we were so close to all these different signings and the only thing that was missing was just Deloitte's sign off. Like, or it was just like a little bit more money. Yeah. Like yeah. that, that both of those are out the window now. So you don't get those excuses anymore. Or you do, you get the <laughs> excuses. You may not get uh, the reality of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and it, it really like. It points to obviously things have materially changed, right? Yeah. I've said materially changed like three times in this episode. I don't know why. Maybe I'm thinking about materialism. Uh, anyway, so things have changed with ownership, right? Yep. And we want to see something positive and we should be given an opportunity to see something positive. But all we've got is Sergio Cordova. That's yeah. Sovereign. Well, and, and, and Sovereigno, but, but I firmly believe that Dolly Hansen would have jumped at an opportunity to re-sign Sovereigno. Yeah. Right? Like, no doubt. Yeah. So, yes. The, and, the thing... And, about, and the club is in better hands, and I don't want to dispute that. Yeah. Uh, there, I don't think that's under no dispute, dispute, but I just wish we would see more things happen to, like, give evidence to that. Yeah. On the field. And we should... I should mention and point out that, like, the obvious rebuttal to a lot of what I've been saying is that we signed Anderson Julio and we signed Saverino in the earlier window. And like, that's great. But we also signed them basically a third of the way through the season. They were like very last minute opening window signings. Yeah. So you don't really get full credit for that. Yeah. You get credit for getting them here, but Anderson Julio took way longer than it should have. And Saverino <laughs> also took way longer than it should have. Yep. We would have liked to have those guys all season and, we didn't, and that that makes it not a bad signing, but that makes it still a problem. All right, yeah. should we talk the XG quote? 
Yeah. Oh, can I run to the bathroom real fast? Sorry. Yes. Uh, I'll talk about XG. Uh, you okay. ran to the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> I already ran to the bathroom once in the episode. I don't know if we talked about that, but we did not. You oh. uh, sent us a note that yeah. said, and so we just like kept talking and carried oh. on oh. as, you know, to keep the listener does. unawares. Yeah. Well, we're human and we want the listener to know that we're human. Sure. All right. So, uh, Elliot Fall, also in conversation with uh, Andy Blarson, uh, said, The truth is, I think our XG is probably better than a lot of people realize. I think the statistical performance is a little better than people give us credit for. But at the end of the day, standings are what matter. Uh, how do you feel about that, Trevor? I feel like the game against Dallas perfectly encapsulates exactly what he's talking about. Like, our XG, like if we just look at the Dallas game, excuse me, uh, our XG was better than I think a lot of people realized. We It was like two point something that game, which is great. That's what you want every single game. Yeah. Um, the statistical performance is a little better than people give us credit for. I think in that game, all of the stat lines were good for RSL. And I think RSL probably should have been given more credit for that. But then what he says is at the end of the day, the standings are what matter. And at the end of that game, we lost one to nothing. So it doesn't matter that our XG was four, five times, whatever Dallas's was. Yeah. Because they won one zero. So like. So you know what's funny? So he wants credit for all this stuff that he's saying at the end of the day doesn't matter. Yeah. Which. Cool. We'll give you credit for it. But also you're going to make your point. Yeah. That's true too. Yeah. So what my, my point about XG and. And it's not about the concept of XG because I think it's an interesting statistic for like projecting over the course of a season. Obviously, people will underperform it on an individual level, but it's not, I think, super useful as an individual statistic. Like some players get shots in good positions or bad finishers. You don't need to look further in Sergio Cordova for that. Yeah. Uh, Some players are going to be excellent finishers and will overperform. Um, but over, but a, I think a team is a good context for looking at XG. And if you look at uh, ex, expected goal difference, so it's just XG against the XG of the team you're facing. RSL's is 1.2. And before this game, it would have been about zero. And the goal difference before this game was zero. Or no, two. It was two. So we were actually overperforming our expected goal difference. So we were scoring more goals than you would expect us to. Or at least conceding fewer. Yeah. And and like both of them are very close. Um, on the basis of expected goals, like in the league, we're 15th in the league. Uh, Which is in goals exactly scored. middle. 19th in actual goals scored. So again, slightly better by, by like 1.2 goals. Yeah. So no, we're not really overperforming our ex like expected goals our stats are not much better than we are because stats over the course of a season reflect what like should start to reflect reality with expected goals and predictive statistics and in this case they're exactly predicting it yeah and that's so, uh yeah it, it is not what he said it's not what he meant but that's okay he doesn't have to be a statistical expert no, he doesn't, but also... He just has to get some deals over the line. <laughs> he doesn't have to go on the radio and talk about these statistics. Yeah. If they're, like, not entirely true. Like, 
you don't get to go on and be like, well, hey guys, I bet our XG is better than people realize. It's not. Yeah. It's very middle of the road, like our XG. Like we're not excelling or exceeding. And like you said, again, XG isn't the end all be all. And no, certainly not. It's not an actual like you can kind of hang your hat on XG a little bit, but it's yeah, it's not one that you're going to be like, look, guys, RXG is the best in the league. I think what's yeah. interesting is when, like, if you're seventh in the West or fifth or sixth yeah. in the West, whatever we are now, like, XG being the best in the league doesn't matter. In fact, it's probably bad if you are, if your XG is that high and you are actually much lower than that. And, like, if your XG is saying is one thing and you're per- in the actual goals, but like, like Sergio Cordova, for instance, when we talked about how his XG is whatever it is and his actual goal scored is that that like three and uh, a half lower a deviation is is one is like the worst in the league almost i, I think it was the worst in the league right yeah, it still is uh that's when that can be useful like uh, like i agree with pablo and whatever when he says like xg like doesn't like win the game or whatever but it, it tells you like the the types of chances that you're generating and then it also helps you evaluate the forwards and the strikers or whatever who are creating that xg and then what their actual goals scored are based on that XG. Because all of these goals that we've been scoring from like defenders or whatever, pretty low XG, I'm pretty sure. Like Yeah, outside of some really shot. close headers, right? Yeah, exactly. So when we look at who we're trying to depend on for goal scoring and we see that deviation between their XG and their actual goal scored, it's like that's when that becomes like a pretty useful stat. And also just like game by game, when you see your team just not generating you know, as many, as many chances as the opposing team, that's like a worrying trend. That wasn't the case on Saturday against Dallas, but what that did say, I think how we had like a good, you know, a higher XG than Dallas lost the game zero one is that we don't have people that are clinical, that are clinical finishers and like Sabrino can't do it all by himself. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and that shouldn't be the expectation, right? And it absolutely should not but be. It, that. But no. I think it is. And the, that like, he is not that player. He is a great supportive player who will chip in with a good number of goals. I think you can expect eight to 10 from him every season in eight to 10 assists. And we need that sort of player. Yeah. But we we also need need somebody who can knock him in. Who can put 15 to 20. Yeah. That's how you build a championship team. Now, the other thing about XG is, like I said, it's kind of predictive. Mm -hmm. And the longer of a, like, or the more of a data set you have, like the more true it's going to be like your x your xg for the team and your total goals scored ideally over the length of a season is probably going to be about even yeah right and so there's a point where you look at sergio cordova's numbers and you say it's the worst in the league and his xg i don't know what it is but it's probably i think something like 6.5 6.8 somewhere it's higher it's in the like seven point something Oh um, no, he scored he scored four goals now, right? Yeah. It, yeah, I just remember that it's basically double his goal score. So if his XG, like let's say it's eight and his goal scored is four, you hope that at some point those start to get a lot closer to each other. Because what that tends to mean is he's just been unlucky in the past. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so hopefully that luck starts to turn around and it starts to match. But I just we haven't seen it yet. And that's what's really frustrating. I'm hoping that at some point he is going to score a hat trick and he is going to start catching up with that and it's going to start to be better. But if it's perennially underperforming XG, that it, 
That's bad. Yep. It's no good. Yeah. And it it's just gets more and more frustrating the longer that goes on. All right. Speaking of frustrating, should we move on to FC Dallas and then uh, we can end this? I don't think there's much to say about that game. About the Dallas game? Yeah. Really not a whole lot. Um, I mean, we could pick apart each individual play, but that would take forever and would be boring. Not just like valuable. the game. It would be not a valuable discussion. Like I, I will say I watched the game uh, while I was at a fireworks show in rural, rural Arizona. It's a, a heavily LDS population in the area we were. So they did have like a 24th of July celebration. Which is like kind of cool. Like yeah. the whole town, they do a parade. It was honestly kind of a pitiful, pitiful parade. Uh, but, uh, you know, Jenny had family in the band and that was fun. But it was, uh, it was very funny. Actually, I've got some, I'll send you guys some photos. Okay. But not right now. That's very funny to me that. Yeah. Uh, so RSL gives up a goal, what, 10 minutes in? 14. 14 minutes in. It's a bad goal to give up. We just look we uh, flat-footed everywhere, right? Jesus uh, Ferreira, mean, not, right? Yeah. Not really. It was a throw. Not flat-footed everywhere. It was off a throw-in. Um, I think it was Herrera to Miram in like our d- deep defensive third. Yeah. Miriam tries to turn, doesn't realize there's a guy there, and then or realizes too late that there's a guy there. Basically gets his pocket picked. Um and then he turns and passes, and I think passes it one more time to Jesus Ferreira, who just beats Glad or Silva in the box, Silva. gets to the ball, and yep. gets a shot off and scores. Yep, great shot. And that came after Sergio Cordova had like another like super easy headed chance inside the six that he missed. Um, so yeah, but yeah, the, I mean, sometimes Miram just does that <laughs> where he yeah. just has these like complete like lapses. Um, and that was another one that just completely cost us. So, yeah. well, and it was a terrible throw in, right? Like, I mean, yeah. it, it wasn't the, the fault of the throw that it, the goal happened, but to throw it in there to a, a winger, in your defensive third, like that's why you always throw that up the line, right? Yeah, as far as you can to a, to a winger to head it on or like to take it on his feet. But it was a, a soft controlled throw, like hoping to spring an attack. And I, I, it, was, I, it was unnecessarily risky. It just, it was, yeah, it, it just it, wasn't a good idea. It was very lackadaisical was yeah. the way that I would describe it. It was thinking that Dallas would just let you do what you wanted to do with the ball yeah. for the first 15 seconds after you throw it in. And like, that's not how it for, works. Good for Dallas for not letting us do that and getting a yeah. goal off it. But yeah, it was just really bad. Yep. Really bad situation. But again, a recoverable situation happened in the first 15 minutes of the game. Yep. Yeah. We got plenty of time to come back and score a goal and equalize and then score another and win. And I think that was Jesus Ferreira's, uh, Twelfth uh, goal, hundredth goal this season. Twelfth goal that this season in twenty-two matches. He's got five assists as well. So, That's pretty good. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. Great if we could sign a striker that could do that. What about seven goals halfway through the season? That's not too much to ask, right? <laughs> Six, five, even. Bobby Wood hadn't been injured, Matt. That's the problem here. I mean, he Our was scoring an unbelievable here. rate of uh, yeah. about once every three games. It's just yeah. unlucky. <sighs> anyway, 
then the rest of the game happened and do we really need to detail any anything no the less said about we that, basically the takeaway from the game is we played pretty well dallas conceded a lot of possession we created a lot of chances i think we had seven shots on goal or something like that six or yeah. seven um, not, which is plenty enough. no it's plenty oh, wait uh, we're disagreeing here trevor i'm sorry <laughs> Oh, no. I formally apologize. We've never done that before. I'm trying to turn a new leaf. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thank you. I'll take yeah. that apology any day of the week. Oh no, um, word is Dan. We uh yeah, that's what I just noticed. Oh. <laughs> it's a problem. How are we supposed to talk about this game? Uh hopefully it means we don't really have to. Um sure. we played pretty well. We put a lot of chances on frame, um, but most of them were just straight at their goalkeeper. Their goalkeeper did not have like a lights out stand on your head performance. It was just a lot of really comfortable saves. It was a lot of um shots on goal that were just not really good quality shots. We developed a couple of good quality chances. Um, like the one you mentioned with Cordova, he had a header inside the six that I honestly think eight or nine times out of 10 is probably a goal. Um, it wasn't in this case, which, you know, a little bit unlucky, but the rest of the shots did, and chances we generated just weren't, weren't very good. No, we had a significant number relative to our like total shots. A lot of our shots were on frame, um, which is good to see. But again, at the end of the day didn't really make a difference in this game yeah and that's pretty much the takeaway all right should we oh, talk no. to san jose? Uh, the other takeaway is paulo ruiz got a yellow card and that oh, means he's yeah. out against san jose there you go so against san jose paulo ruiz is out uh the injury report i don't believe is out quite yet so check twitter for that later uh zach farnsworth got minutes for the monarchs oh, yeah, he exists he Good exists and he's a he's a he's a soccer player. He played soccer his, under the RSL umbrella. Were those his first professional minutes? I, I think they don't were. think they were. No, because he played like a little bit and then he got injured. Did they? No, win? we signed him injured. <laughs> Did we? He may oh. have played as an academy player with the Monarchs. That might be what I'm thinking of. Which I guess counts. Yeah. For, well, anyway, he's he's playing. He's been training for a while, and he's like. Apparently, uh, still a professional soccer player, which is good news for us, I guess. So, I guess he had he had made appearances for Real Monarchs before he was signed to an RSL senior contract. Okay. Apparently, he'd made eleven perfor- uh, appearances for Real Monarchs uh, in twenty twenty. Okay. Cedar um, Hills own Zach Farnsworth. Yeah. So this is his first appearance for Real Monarchs since RSL signed him, though. Cool. So. Yeah. I don't actually know where Cedar Hills is. Cedar it's Hills the one is, right next it's in to Alpine or near it, Alpine. Yeah, it's uh, on the other side of the canyon from Alpine. County. Yeah. Yeah. Is that fitting? Pretty, pretty, pretty good. I, right. I don't like Cedar Hills. It's not a city. I mean, you could dog on Cedar Hills all you want. I don't care. Wasn't someone else from Cedar Hills? Who's who's uh, remember when we were editing someone's Wikipedia? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Are we making Wait, it more really? accurate? Because I hope that's why we were editing it. Was it was it Zach Farnsworth that we were editing? Could have been. Um, have I know been. that there's a player or two at the academy, or one of the young guys, like Nidegger, I think, is from Alpine. I could be wrong about Nidegger, but it, it, it feels like one of those 15, 16, 17-year-old kids that we signed yeah. is from Alpine, which is right next to it. 
All right. And Chad Lewis, former NFL tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles, also calls Cedar Hills, Utah home. Can I tell you a true story about Chad Lewis? This is absolutely a true story. Sure. Uh, Is it, is it inflammatory or? uh, No, this is, this is absolutely true. Um, I earned my Eagle Scout at the same time that my neighbor earned his Eagle Scout. And so we had like a combined like Eagle Scout court of honor thing. Sure. Chad Lewis was there because he's my neighbor's uncle. Huh. That's kind of cool. I thought Chad Lewis was younger, so I don't know. No, he well, he's an old guy oh, now, but 50. he was All right. he was just barely retired when he was there, I think, or oh. close to retirement. He didn't play for two You know, it's kind of rude of him to show up and really steal your thunder. He really didn't. He was a nice guy. He said, I'm honestly, I can't tell. I can't remember if I did this or not because the Cedar Hills, Utah Wikipedia page does say Zachary Farnsworth, current MLS center back for Real Salt Lake as a notable people thing. Yeah. I can't remember. I think I might've edited, created that one. Do you think you might've been logged in? I don't know. <laughs> Matt's going to check the yeah. edit history of the page real quick and see if you can find your, uh, um let's see view history oh is your username kyle here i have no i don't log in i don't think but compare selected revisions well somebody named kyle here uh added zachary farnsworth so in mid-2001 or sorry mid-2021 june june 2021 that seems like something i would have done last june yeah yeah but I that's middle of the pandemic, so you know. Yeah, I think I did do that, but I don't bored. remember why. Is my username Kyle here? I mean, only maybe. one way. I don't, I don't know. How do I you can know see that? what else you've contributed? Oh, I'm you've only made great. contributions to Cedar Hills, Utah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Why it's did I so wait? What is this, what are these plus and minus things? Why did I get plus one seventeen, minus forty nine, then plus four? You, I, I'm guessing you edited it multiple times. Uh, oh, oh, you had, oh, you know what it is? It looks like the uh, the link format was wrong, and then and then you fixed the link format, and then you added four characters. What were they? Uh, you link Ray also like. Yeah, so that sounds right. There you go. I do have an email of me trying to confirm my. Uh, Email from Wikipedia asked me to confirm my account in June 2022. We, we've unlocked June 22nd of 2021. So. And on that note, uh, anything else we'd like to throw into this episode? I, I don't know how we preview San Jose. Like, they're bad. Christian Neidiger is from Highland, Utah, not oh, Alpine. They're basically the same place. But I think they're... He's from the Czech Republic because his name is Pavel Nedved. Oh, that's I love good. it. No, I think you got that mixed up a little bit. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, so, uh, in their last five games, San Jose has two wins. <laughs> in RSL's last five games, they have one. So we didn't uh, mention that in the uh, before beating us at home, FC Dallas hadn't won a game since like May 28th or something like that. So oh, yeah, yeah, FC Dallas is like the worst form lately. So perfect time for us to hit San Jose because uh, I don't know. Immaculate timing. Yeah. And we play in San Jose. And would anyone, I mean. I mean, I'm, I'm only going to be seven hours away. If you guys want to come over. I'm sure I could skip part of the family reunion. Close. I will say also, uh, they, something that we've has been mentioned a few different times, usually not 
in situations specifically like this, it's usually after we win a game, uh, the second game, but they've said that Pablo has not lost consecutive games as the coach of Real Salt Lake. Uh, we're going to see if that holds true. Yeah, but we've lost every other game for the last five games. So, <laughs> I mean, at some point you're just splitting hairs, right? Right. Like if you've lost three in the last six, what's the difference if you lost th- those three of those in the row? And well, what's the difference between losing five nil and losing one nil? Golden, uh, which is GD. <laughs> at some point it's going to hit us, but I don't know. Not right, today. Well, what is it? What's it going to take for me to fly to San Jose this Saturday? Oh, uh, I could fly from Long Beach to San Jose. But yeah. Oh my goodness! I would you be abandoning said... Jimmy, and uh, maybe that wouldn't be the kindest thing of me. Mm, I could do this. The, so San Jose's got two wins in their last five. Yeah, and that's most of their wins. When? Yeah. When was the last time they won before that? May eighteenth. Uh, yeah. Oh boy. One, I, two, I three, four. Four I can fly to San Jose. I could fly to San Jose for 228 bucks on Saturday. Leave Sunday. All right. Not gonna do it. Yeah. I wish but you the very best. Let's in do your another away trip. I'd love to do another away trip in a place that's good. Yeah. San Jose is good because it's close to San Francisco, which has the best Pakistani food on the planet. We well, okay, probably not on the planet. I'm sure Pakistan is the <laughs> best Pakistani Pakistan. food on the planet. Probably has pretty good food. And also, I've only eaten Pakistani food in San Francisco, and I think just San Francisco. Wait, really? But it was incredible. It's very close to Indian, um, in depend like parts of India, and so you get some real regional crossover. And uh, on that note, we've still got an LA <laughs> game and an Austin two LA games. Yeah, and an Austin game that we could try to go to. Oh yeah, I could do Austin. Let's do Austin. We've been talking about this all year. We need to like actually like contact people and like make plans. <sighs> That's so much work. Well, so much I hate, work. I hate contacting. Yeah. Um, all right. Wait well. a minute. September thirtieth is a Friday. Thirty days has September, right? So October first yeah. is the day after September. Thirty days uh, has September, February, and November. We play in LA October 1st. I'm already going to be in LA on October 1st. Let's go to the LA Galaxy game on okay. October 1st. All right. I think I could do that. I've already, like, Ooh, let's go. October I'm going to go buy a ticket right now because okay. I'm already going to be there. October 1st. I just did buy flights to LA in November. Yeah. But LAX, do I want to wait? October 1st, you say? October 1st, Saturday, we play LA in LA. It's going to be easier to fly in Long Beach. Carson's not far. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. It's just so much if you guys so want cheap to fly. I don't want to speak for uh, my cousin, but I, I promise you could stay in Fullerton if you wanted to. No, I'll stay in Long Beach with my uncle. Oh, well, yeah, that's a way better idea. Yeah. Oh, you know what? We could probably stay in Manhattan Beach with my uncle. Oh, there that you also know. probably isn't yeah. ideal distance-wise. It's pretty Can't. close. I'm going to call time on this podcast. I That's fair. really need to do what Kyle did earlier, yeah. which is and what I also <laughs> did earlier. It turns out drinking a full energy drink right as you start the episode, not always a good idea. I drank the equivalent of two cups of coffee before the thing. Yeah, you're going to have to pee soon. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, uh, 
Thanks for listening to Off the Crossbar episode 99. (laughs) Next time you hear us, we'll be centarians, centenarians. That will be veterinarians. (laughs) That too. And hopefully we'll have a special guest or we'll be doing it at a special place. Something like that. Because it's episode 100, so we should do something. Episode 100, the Gustavo Cuellar special. (laughs) God. And uh, with that, I bid you adieu. All right, goodbye. Bye, everyone.